Okay, before we rush to any assumptions, I'd like to remind everyone that this is a bakery dumpster. So whatever's in that dumpster may very well just be bread that floats. Mason, even if it is just bread, the bread that guy makes is demonstrably not harmless. If deadly cookies are the stuff he keeps, what do you think he throws away? I don't know, Paul. People throw my whole life savings in a fountain around here. Whatever's in that dumpster has to be worth more than a month's wages. The dumpster lurches again, as though something heavy hit the side. It doesn't have to be. Why, Elvis? The streets are paved with money. I bet if we took this city to a scrap dealer, we'd live like kings. Why does something horrible have to be in the dumpster? I'm just saying. One time I shot a shopkeeper because his prices on ammunition were too high. I got to raid the store and guess what? There was only eight rounds of ammo in the whole place. What does that have to do with a dumpster full of the world's greatest bread? I'm just saying, if I still had a gun, I'd shoot that dumpster. The dumpster lurches again. You hear something growling inside. All right, look. I get that everybody just wants me to fail. No. That's not what we're saying. Well, Mason, two swords. I bet his plans suck. He only has two swords. Technically, you have Shut three. up. There's nothing dangerous in here. I open the dumpster. It's quiet. Paul, get your hammer ready. Okay. Well... I guess it's not flying bread. A giant man-sized winged raccoon leaps out of the dumpster and grabs Mason by the shoulders. Ah! Oh my god! It's emaciated! It's diseased! It's missing one eye and its teeth snarl in all directions. What do we do? Pound what do we your do? hammer! If it's black attack, if it's if it's brown, Somebody lie down! help me! As your friends panic, it takes to the sky, carrying Mason with it. Oh no! Tony, I've also got extendo boots. I use them to spring up and grab a hold of Mason. So, Laura, you're, like, on stilts now? Yeah, accordion stilts. Okay, uh, you grab hold, and the raccoon flaps harder. It starts to lift you both into the air, and your stilts leave the ground, too. Ah, heck. Lowry, what did you even think would happen? How was I supposed to know it had demon strength, Mason? I grab Lowry from the stilts. Paul grabs Lowry by the stilts, uh, but, but the raccoon flaps even harder now, uh, straining against the weight of all three. Paul comes inches off the ground. Oh, God. It's eaten the most nutritious food in the world, and now look at what man has created. In the pursuit of perfect bread, we didn't stop to think about perfect scavenger animals. It's a glorified street pigeon. You guys don't have to wax so poetic about it. It's not a pigeon, Lowry. Its horrible talons are digging into my flesh. It tries to fly away, but it can only muster the power to drag Paul's toes along the ground. It's pulling you guys out of the alley. Behind you, old bread starts to float from the dumpster. Oh gosh, our dinner! I go to grab the bread. Yeah, don't mind us, Elvis. We have this perfectly under control. Don't listen to Lowry. Elvis, that bread is worth more than our lives. Yeah, the raptor coon will get tired. Just grab the bread. You look the bread over and shake off some bugs. Inside the dumpster, there appears to be a bunch of insects that look like jewel beetles, except they've got actual jewels on their backs. You're not sure if the jewels have any value or if they only look like stones, but you do see that the bread that's been chewed on the most by the beetles is not floating. When the beetles fly away, they trail an ethereal blue afterglow. Really? Try and catch one. They're not very fast. You grab one. Paul, Elvis, and Lowry, you guys get dragged out into the streets proper. A child points at you, but his mom covers his eyes and hurries him down the road. Yeah, I didn't want to see your kid either, lady. I guess they can't all be cute. There's a camera flash. Someone in the crowd has taken a picture. Oh, God. Oh, no, no one should see my face. Yeah, great. Don't help us or anything. Just stand around and rubberneck. Someone in the crowd goes, She's fine. And then everyone kind of goes on their way. People part ways around you so you can move down the street unimpaired. Fire would be too good for this city. Excuse me, pardon me. Oh, hold open my bag and try to make it look like a shell. Hello there, madam. Spare a few coins. 
Give me an acting role. Ah, shoot. Does anyone know how to sing? I'll assist. I've got the skill. Say, Paul, did I ever tell you about the time I shot an elephant in my pajamas? How it got in my pajamas, I'll never know. Oh, that is not a good role. That's a great one, Larry. Hey, lady, give me your money. People avoid you even harder. Come on, Paul, you're killing my act. Where is this thing even taking us? Elvis, you're still back at the dumpster examining this beetle you caught. Apparently I'm enthralled with it. Okay, hold it in one hand, then cast a spell to light up the piece of bread I'm holding. You utter the words and will the spell. The beetle crumbles to dust and the bread glows like daylight. Wait, the beetle dies? Okay, weird, but okay. Hey, guys! Oh, uh, shoot. Uh, scoop up these beetles into a pouch, as many as I can get. Hey, guys! Guys! Go catch up with everybody. All right, uh, well, most of the buildings around here are only a story or so tall, so it's really easy to find the other guys. Wait, so it's all suburban sprawl? It's a floating city with extremely limited land real estate, but it's not built vertically at all? It's a city full of wealthy artisans, and everyone lives in their place of business. Anyway, you realize where the raptor coon is taking you. Off in the distance, there's a house with a bunch of found garbage art. And on the roof, there's another dumpster. There's a bunch of baby raptor coons eagerly bouncing up and down in anticipation for their next meal. Okay. Guys, I think I'm going to stab the animal. The raptor coon looks at you. Oh, don't even give me that. You knew this was coming. Mason, does that thing understand you? I mean, it's going to understand a sharp thing in its guts. I get out my sword. You pull out the sword, and it drops you. Lowry, give me a dex roll with complementary strength to try and catch yourself. Well, I've got the dex, at least. Yeah, but it looks like not the strength. You catch yourself and manage to line Mason up over your stilts, but then you come down a lot less gradually than you'd like, landing on top of Paul. Oh, God! Ah! You guys, that thing recognized the threat of a sword when you pulled one on it. You know what that means? That it's intelligent? Would you please get off of me? No, it means that someone has stabbed that raptor coon many, many times, and it knows better. Guys! Guys! Ah, oh, good, you got away. Yeah, we made it. Did you get the bread? I got something even better. Check it out. I pull out the jewel bug. Elvis shows you guys a pretty blue-green beetle with little gemstones all over its back. It has an unearthly glow about it. Are those real gemstones? None of it's real. It's a spirit bug. What? Living in the trash? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Is that normal? The spirits normally live in the trash? Man, are you telling me that that bread guy's bread is so good that his dumpster is a fey wonderland? Well, I don't know why they're in there exactly, but check it out. Tony, I create a little rubber ball in my open palm. There's a brief flash of blue light, and a rubber ball materializes in Elvis's hand. The beetle he was holding turns into dust and disintegrates away. Okay, now watch this. I grab another beetle, then turn the ball into a butterfly. The ball becomes a butterfly. It flaps its wings and flies away. The beetle once again disintegrates. Neat. So the beetles do that? No. Well, kinda. I mean, do you know anything about magic, Paul? I know we're trapped in a floating city full of bakery horrors we can't afford to eat, held aloft by magic and pure malice. Okay, well, a few people are touched by the gods before they're bored, and if you're very lucky, you can learn magic. But to cast a spell, you need something attuned to the spiritual world. It serves as a conduit to the ether. Most of the time, that kind of thing would be a spirit bound to some kind of mundane object. And it's another reason why binding demons is illegal, because to use such an object requires touching it with your god-blessed soul. So you're, like, sucking the magic out of those beetles? Well, that's the weird thing. It wouldn't normally kill the spirit. Think of them as being conductors, like a little bit of copper wire. A really powerful conductor could let you cast some pretty incredible spells if you knew how, at least until you use it as a crowbar and it breaks forever. I don't know why these beetles are turning to dust, but they're Pinball City residents, so I'm okay with them dying. 
Could they get like that from eating spiritually infused bread? I mean, if the baker were summoning things into his bread, could that make the trash beetles magical? You know, I've never tried eating a spirit. Are you thinking about it? Well, I'm already magically gifted. I, I don't think it would make any difference. Could I eat the beetles? Paul, don't eat the beetles. They probably have magic parasites. There's got to be a whole black market for eating spiritual creatures. Normally they fade back into the ether if they die, but you could just eat these guys like peanuts. Actually, I don't think you could eat spirit bread without killing it. I don't know why these bugs are like this or why they're here, but all that aside, you guys could probably cast magic anyway. Okay, I know that's not true. I've been a con all my life and I recognize this. No, we're, listen, we're all naturally attracted to each other. All my friends have magic talent, including Tony, although he never really used it much. It's a 1 in 10,000 chance that you've been gifted, but everyone that I've personally bonded with has had the gift. I like you guys, so I figure you're probably gifted. So, you're saying I'm actually special? My mom did always used to say. You're saying I could be Mason Magic Swords? Oh, it alliterates. Maybe this is destiny. Maybe every sword I touch can be magic. Wait, Mason Swords already are magic. This is a con. Wait a minute. Yeah, Elvis, they uh, are. Listen, your swords are not exactly the same thing. It's kind of technical. I've got a book on the surface of ether and the sphere of Atman. It's kind of about the differences between personal and external magic. It's a little wordy, but you could read it in your spare time if you want. How much is that book worth? I will never find another copy. We are not selling my books on magic theory. As far as you know. Okay, teach me magic swords. How do I do magic swords? Well, let's start off with something small. I pick up a rock and I hand it to Mason. Then I put a beetle in his other hand. Okay, concentrate on pulling yourself through the beetle. Myself? Yeah, when you do magic, you do it through yourself. That beetle is like a bridge, or, or like I said, a piece of copper wire. Every spell, even if you're doing the same thing, is actually kind of unique. You have to find it in yourself, in whatever shape that power's in, and then you pull it through the beetle and bring it outside. Okay, am I going to throw up? No. Well, maybe. My friend Tychus used to, but he did it on purpose. Um, okay, try to find yourself maybe like a happy light or a warm light, like the sun, and fill that rock with that feeling in yourself. Will I run out of me if I do this too much? Am I putting my soul in the rock? Yeah, but it grows back, don't worry. Ethereal energy always goes back to the ether. It can't be gone for good. Okay, I concentrate on the rock. What kind of feeling do you look for? Also, give me an ego roll. I think about the warm feeling I had after I stole my family's weapons, and then when I was finally able to wield them all simultaneously. It was the feeling of destiny. That's what this is now. Okay, you concentrate on the rock. You feel the warmth somewhere inside you through a little keyhole in your palm. You take that feeling and pull it out of the keyhole, and you weave it into the rock. The rock starts to light up. Oh my god, I'm doing it! But the feeling is like a fire. It gets hotter and hotter, and soon it's flowing out of the keyhole beyond your control. No longer a stream, it becomes like a blowtorch. At once, the rock burns your hand and then explodes. You take two body damage to your hand. Ah! Oh, my hand! Ah, oh, God! I don't want to do magic anymore. Oh. That was a really good first try, Mason. You're actually really gifted. I've never seen anyone blow something up on their first try. That means you've got a lot of potential. Thanks. Ugh. So they don't always explode then, huh? Yeah. If anyone else wants to try, an explosion is out of the ordinary. And actually pretty above average. Good job, Mason. Well, now if I don't blow my hand up, I'll just feel 
inadequate. That's all right. You know, you naturally channel your magic into your own body all the time. You probably just chalk it up to luck or training. But if you got the magic in you, it makes you just a little better at everything. So you can make rubber balls and butterflies. Can you make money? Well, no. I have to hold the magic, so as soon as I relax, the coins would turn back into thin air, or whatever I made them from. Okay, so it's like coins with strings attached. What you found in this dumpster was actually a bunch of little counterfeit gold coins. I mean... Your pouch full of ether beetles glitters from the inside. One of the little beetles climbs up to the top and lazily flies into the air. Catch it. Oh, hold on there, my little precious. Actually, Elvis, you know what these are? Banknotes. How accurately can you produce a small slip of paper with writing on it? Oh. Oh, I've had this power all my life and I have never thought about banknotes. I bet the banks have. I don't know. Estimates say only 1 in 10,000 people are gifted. Most aren't even aware, and those who do find out can't usually afford a teacher. I was actually taught by forest spirits who were trying to radicalize me into terrorism. Elvis, people like us should not go hungry. And if we do, the people who made us hungry should be taught the error of their ways. The city has played us for fools, and it's time that we fooled them in turn. Okay. Well, it's probably less illegal than killing for hire. But hey guys, if I say cranberry, that means we all kill whoever's giving us trouble, okay? Even if it's a bank teller or something, I'm willing to go down in a blaze of glory on the way to the docks. Oh, man. Don't worry, Mason. Now that we have magic powers, I bet Elvis can summon a hurricane or something. Uh, no. But with just these little beetles, I could blind people or grow a strawberry bush. Great. Maybe someone will be allergic to strawberries. Personally, I'd rather die a bank robber than live as someone's wookie. Here, here. Man. The eyes have it. Lead on, Larry. All right, I take everyone down to the bank using that map that I stole. You guys wait outside. I'm going to go in, scope the place out, wait for someone to flash a checkbook. Okay. The bank is as lavish as the city. The ceiling is held aloft with thick columns decorated in plated gold at the bases. There's a relief painting carved up there, and it looks as elegant as any church you've ever been in. When you sit down in one of the nice leather chairs, a banker approaches you. Excuse me, sir. Can I help you today? Yes, I was just wondering if I could look at your paperwork for loan options. I see. And what kind of loan might you be applying for? Well, I'm really just getting a feel for the possibilities right now, but Mr. Magic Tony approached me about the sale of his prototype airship. He explains it's going for about two million gold. <laughs> two million gold? Good heavens! Yes, he felt that the sale should go to someone of his old connections. But we haven't even done the proper appraisals yet, and gods know the tax situation is just going to be a nightmare. Oh, well, I wasn't aware you were personally acquainted with the benevolent suggester himself. Well, I'll go and fetch some paperwork right away. Do you have an account with us? I was going to inquire about that next, but for now I'd simply like to get my ducks in a row. Oh, yes, of course, sir. He leaves and comes back with a binder full of papers. Thank you. I'll have a look at these in my own time, if you don't mind. Ah, yeah, yes, of course. Don't hesitate to ask if you have any questions. He goes back to his desk and watches you with excitement. This is going to be a big sale. All right. Dottle over the paperwork until someone comes in and flashes their wallet or a checkbook or something. Eventually, a guy with a fur top hat walks in. He goes to the teller, pulls out a checkbook, makes a deposit, and then starts to head back out the front door. Get up. Bump into him. Steal his checkbook. Give me pickpocket. Honestly, I probably should have been doing this when there were crowds around us. We were busy both times. Next time, though. No city is too expensive for a thief who's good enough to act in Vegas. You pull it off. You fish that guy's wallet right out of his pocket. Okay, go to the teller. Excuse me, could I get some forms for opening an account with your bank? 
I'd like to go over them at home. Of course, sir. She hands you some forms. Okay, go back out and meet with Elvis. Elvis, I need you to make an exact copy of this guy's checkbook. How long can you hold it? Pretty much until I go to sleep. Perfect. Okay, hold that for as long as you can. I gotta go give this guy his wallet back. Tony, I run after that guy. Excuse me, sir. You dropped your wallet. Oh, oh my. How embarrassing. Ah, uh, don't worry. I've done it before myself. I know it's such a pain having to call the bank and tell them you lost it. I'm glad I got up to you. <coughs> oh, aren't you the sweetest thing? Thank you so much. He takes the wallet back. And when he thinks you're not looking, he checks his wallet to see if he stole anything. Oh, you've been robbed all right, sucker. Okay, Elvis. We're gonna need a few supplies and a few alchemy ingredients. We're also gonna need a place to lie low for a few hours that doesn't have our name on it. How am I supposed to do all that? You used to be an assassin, didn't you? Yeah, I assassinated a foreman, and then I assassinated a spirit. And after that, I just kept killing for money. Usually if you throw a hatchet, it works pretty good. I'm an outlaw in the countries of Barthang, Kohlhart, and Western Tolkia, by the way. I also have a lot of enemies in Alvarion, but those killings were state-sanctioned. Okay, so you don't know poisons? I know how to kill people. I know how much killing is worth, and who pays for that kind of thing in at least three countries. If it was legal in Alvarion, why'd you leave? I was just an enforcer for landlords. I used to walk in a place, take someone's goldfish out of the bowl, and step on it. And I'd announce, I'm here on behalf of Lord Silvius. But in a system like that, what do you suppose happens when Lord Silvius skips on your paycheck? Jeez, Alvarion sucks. I didn't transfer to de Blasio because I loved his personality. He killed people's goldfish? If somebody fails to pay off a debt, the head of family can be executed by a representative of the state. The state can show leniency if it chooses, but the executioner doesn't get to choose. I was a saint for killing the fish first. After the head of family is executed, the state can choose to sell as many family members into slavery as is necessary to pay the debt. They could stop me at any time by coming up with the money at the last minute, but the kind of chases that they would lead us on. Oh, Paul, you feel bad for them hearing about it, but there are no good people in the world. Some of those guys I would kill again. One of them spent the debt money just setting up traps in his house and buying wild dogs. I could see that being me. I would be that guy. I mean, yeah, I would totally do the same in his place, but it is a little frustrating when it's my job to deal with him and I was obligated to pay rent too, you know. Again, I left for a reason. Let's stay on task, please. You may not be a chemist, but I am. And I think we need to visit a clothing store. For the chemistry? Just shut up and follow me. Tony, I find a clothing store on the map and lead everyone to it. You find a store called Dashing Haberdashery. You go in and see that it's full of designer clothing worthy of nobility. The shopkeep greets you at the bell. Hello and welcome to Dashing Haberdashery. I'm Harry Haberdash, pioneer in haberdashery and finery alike. What can I do for you fine gentlemen? Well, I am looking for something trendy, but that's going to tell people I'm an important figure. And if I can get a side of martial protection, that would be lovely. Oh, for you, I've got just the thing. He pulls out a gentleman's coat and pants with a gold interior and a vibrant red vest, also with a gold interior. Lately, I've been working on a concept called Oricalcum Silk. You see, the fibers of these jackets are woven from silk produced by Oricalcum spiders and Colhart. More resistant than silk, but still as flexible as a dream. These suits can stop a bullet. I assume that must still leave a lot of damage if they can bend. Well, they're not meant for the battlefield. It's for everyday wear, for the paranoid gentleman on the go. Very popular with Elvarian leaders these days. Never mind, my friend Paul. These'll do nicely. I'm especially fond of the cranberry color. 
Usually I try to pitch it as a red wine. It sounds more classy, but uh, but have you ever seen the cranberry fields in Tolkiev? Oh, that is natural beauty right there. Guys, I said cranberries. I kick the shopkeep. Okay, roll attack. Me too. Smash the guy with the hammer. Uh, okay, I stab the guy. Well, there's no chance he'll survive all that. He clutches at your shirt as he slides down to the floor. <laughs> oh, why? Was it something about the cranberries? I look him in the eyes. Never talk to me about Tolkiev. <laughs> What's your deal with Tolkiev? Nothing. I just wanted him to die thinking it was his fault somehow. Anyway, we got a lot of work to do. 